podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there, good evening and welcome to this Cyberox. It's your Sunday session for Sunday the 17th of December. Big day, which we will get into as the, as the show goes on tonight. Really happy to see I'm joined by the boss. Tommy McIntyre joins us for about, I think it's the third Sunday on the bounce that you've been wheeled out for tonight, hasn't it? I'm, I'm putting the I'm putting the hours in, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or, or not, actually, in terms of what the listeners want. <laughs> but I'm here, so I'm not leaving yet. So listen, we've got loads to discuss, and I'll come to that in a second. I do want to cover our social media stuff, which you know we're all at anyway. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe, comment if you like, uh, ring that notification bell on. So anytime we do release any content, we've got a small notification to to check it out when it is eventually released. Big weekend, um, Tommy, that we'll, we'll come to in a second. I do want to cover just a very big moment for the um, women's team today, enhancing their lead at the top of the table um, going into the, the new year. 4-0 win at home against Hamilton Ackies. Their 14th straight win on the bounce under Joe Potter. Uh, Chelsea Cornet, Maya McCauley came off the bench and got a double with a Lizzie Arnett goal in the middle there. And uh, now three points clear based on the result that Celtic had in um, Edinburgh today against Hearts at the Orium. So, uh, big day um, for the club generally. It takes us nicely on to where I think we all want to be next. Um, and we will cover the, the the League Cup win, of course, today and tonight, indeed in a bit of depth. Tommy, um, it's a great feeling just to get our hands back in that trophy again, isn't it? Oh, I love I love silverware. I'm like a magpie, <laughs> a Rangers magpie. You know, throw me something shiny and silvery and I will, uh, I will snatch it up. Uh, listen, it's a fantastic week. It's exactly what we were hoping for at the start of the season to have weeks like this. Philippe Clement has come in and absolutely, you know, transformed the place, got a, a level of performance. It wasn't great football today. No. Right, we can get into that. But it's all about when you get to the final, you see it out the out the out the door. Aberdeen fans can, you know, dry their eyes and mump and moan and get themselves back up the road, quite yeah. frankly, because yeah. That's our national stadium. This is our city. That's our trophy. Off his pop. Yeah. No, it was. I, I think you're right. One of the things I, I instantly agree with um, is it was a pretty rotten final. The first 45, I thought, I thought was particularly poor. Not a lot to write home about at all and not great to, to, to sit and watch. I was unlucky enough to not have a ticket and think you the last time we spoke you certainly were in a similar sort of boat you didn't think you would have had a ticket to to get there today i don't think that changed for you at hamden tommy uh no uh i, I didn't uh actually manage it there was uh there was i had an option but actually i, I couldn't uh, i couldn't physically be there so it's fine i got a chance to watch it um as well and uh, i was getting real-time updates by people who were at the stadium as well and kind of hospitality and stuff like that so yeah, it doesn't matter where you were. It doesn't matter if you were listening to a wireless or you were watching on the screen or you were in the stadium getting hypothermia like everybody else. Then <laughs> it's just a moment to say, trophy. Right? We should absolutely glory in this. Now, we don't get ahead of ourselves. Right? I'll be the, I'm not going to be the Grinch, but right, we keep our feet in the ground, much like Philippe Clement says. It goes on to back to work tomorrow. Yeah. And there's a long way to go. But first shot of silverware of the season historically where we have fallen down recently in terms of actually capitalising 
we've we've done it. We've got the trophy. Why play cup winners? Drink that in. Enjoy your night. Don't start enjoying your night until the end of the podcast. Then you can go away, right? Obviously, but enjoy your night because I think this is just the start for Philippe Clermont Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I have to say some of the um, some of the footage that we've seen from Edmonton House and in and around that area tonight has been quite spectacular. If you ever want to know what that balcony Edmonton House was, you should certainly jump on it. The footage that I've seen tonight. Um, I was I was down there at one point. Um, I was I was down there in the car having a having a quick a quick look uh, and chatting to some some folk as well. Bedlam, bedlam, <laughs> the best type of bedlam, right? Everybody happy, absolutely no trouble. Everybody just wanting to see a piece of uh, a winning team. Yeah. The players and the management staff obviously loving it as well. I mean, I think if Clement could have got his hands on some champagne and wandered out into the crowd, he absolutely would have. Right? I, I don't know what state he's going to be in tomorrow, the <laughs> same as the rest of the players, but good on them. Job done tonight. Job done. Yeah, absolutely. So into the game, listen, I, I didn't think the first half was much to, to sort of speak about. Um, and when you're doing things like this, it's really important that you've got good content discussed for each half. The, the only two things that I felt that we should we should notice or we should mention of note for tonight was Seema had a good chance just inside half an hour, just before the half hour mark. Um, forced a good save out of Kel Roos. That was really the only thing that the Aberdeen goalkeeper had to do in the first half. McCausland has a, a probably a decent chance from a header just before half time. But the first half, Tommy much of a muchness. I think it was a bit of an event. Aberdeen ultimately didn't really lay a glove on us in that first 45, which probably didn't surprise us. No, you're spot on. I mean, they turned up to play zero football. Right? It was long ball, hoping to catch us out with the separation of the two centre-backs. Yeah. Right? It was, it was hoofing it. Uh, I think with this is Ibrook's X account. I never get used to saying X. Like, I noticed at the start of our title intros, it's still got the wee, the wee bird from Twitter. I don't think I ever want that changed. I don't want it to turn it into X, right? But I think we said, you know, their hoof marks were all over this, the pitch. And it's, yeah. it's true. They were just absolutely hoofing it. It was cattle football, right, from them in terms of just industrially lumping it up the park and then hoping that they would get some. They tried to be really physical and bully Rangers out of the game as well. Um Shinny gets away with his usual, you know, 95 fouls and throwing elbows into the back of Todd Cantwell's head and stuff like that. Yeah. Rangers stood up to it. I think Sterling deserves an absolute shout out for the work in the middle of the park. Lundstrom, we can go through all the players, right? But particularly Lundstrom, Balligan at the back as well. Incredible, right? So we stood up to the physicality. We matched their, their, their tactics in terms of the long ball. They didn't have a plan B, right? Didn't he? Quite frankly, didn't have a plan A, right? Once they didn't get anything, they weren't getting it and dropped balls. We weren't stepping back. They'd know where to go. I think they ended the game with no shots on target. Yeah, correct. There you Absolutely. go. Welcome to a showpiece final. You've got a chance to play a big club like Rangers and, you know, be in amongst it. Zero shots on target. That speaks to as well to exactly what I'm saying, which is our defending was front foot and physical and gave them nowhere to go. Yeah. Pleasing thing for me was... Um, we managed to sort of prevent Mayovsky getting a sniff of anything today. I think the closest he got to um, the Rangers' defence, and indeed Butland, was right the death when they decided to want to try and have a rumble with anyone they got in his direction. Um, but we've done well to, to sort of minimise him because we know he has a threat. And I, I've personally said 
I think he's a, he's a really good player and I think he would enhance Rangers. Um, but he done nothing today, which I was really grateful for. <laughs> um, Hamden's always a tricky place and a lot of these players have... Um, we use scar tissue a lot on, on this podcast, back and forward. Tommy, I think it was important that they went there today and, and, and got something um, out of the first 45 minutes. You obviously want them to go in with a goal um, ahead if, if possible. It just didn't happen. Came out for the second half. Um, and again, it we, not a lot happened first 10 minutes of the second half and we started to get into a, um, into the swing of things a little bit. McCausland makes another really good save. Nice one too with Dessels and, and a good save out, out of Kel Roos again. And at that point, we just started to build up a, a small head of steam, I felt. Um, Dessers going through again. I thought he was going to score a goal very similar to what he scored against Betis in midweek. And I actually think that McCausland didn't make a great angle for him to switch it. So I can almost understand why um, why he sort of he had to go himself again. I, I agree with Scott Mike to go here. I, I thought Dessers um, was largely quite good today. I thought he played well, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought he was good. Um, two free kicks that we have. One sixty-three, one sixty-three. One from James Tavernier and one from Borna Barisic. And again, Roos makes two good saves to, to keep his team in it. And at this point, you just think, goodness me, Aberdeen are going to... It had... Do you know what? It reminded me a little bit of the Julian game where um, Celtic beat us one nothing. Do you know what I mean? So we had lots and lots of play, lots of chances, didn't take them. There was always a chance if they take an opportunity last 20 minutes of the game, they're just going to shut down if they score. Oh, it, it's like a punch written all over it. I know what you mean when you're that on top and the opposition's offering you nothing. And you think, take your chance. Just please, somebody bundle it into the back of the net. Hits off Dessel's backside. Yeah. Todd Cantwell's ribbon in his hair. Whatever, right? Just get it across the line. <laughs> um, and yeah, finally we, finally we got to that point. And like I said, they, they had nothing. You know, the, the, you know, Paddy Robson was talking about, oh, Rangers were clearing it for their lives towards the end of the match and stuff like that. Well, that's because all they were doing was throwing it into the box. You know, yeah, they did one or two wee bits with the ball across the box and stuff like that, where somebody could have tapped it in and all that. But by and large, I thought our, you know, I thought our defensive shape and setup, which had been so lacking at the start of the season, yeah. looked really, really good. And fair shout to, to Barisic as well, who I thought was incredibly good yeah. uh, at the back. Um, yeah, I mean, ably supported by the absolutely sign him, really, really sign him as quickly as possible, Abdallah Seema. Uh, yeah, they, it was a really, really defined performance at the back. You know, wasn't, you don't get plaudits for that a lot of the time. Nobody's going to be you know, saying that was the greatest thing that they were watching. But, yeah, clean sheets put you in positions to win titles and trophies, and that's what happened today. Pete Lawrence brings us nicely on the next point. Uh, Rangers get the, the one and only goal of the afternoon on 75 minutes. And it was going like back a couple of seasons, Borna Barisic crossed the back post and, and there was James Tavernier where a uh, half volley, doesn't matter how it goes in. I think it took a deflection the way in. Nobody cares because at that point you're in dreamland and you know you've got 15 minutes or so just to stick in and you know you're bringing the trophy back to, to, to govern. Incredible moment, wasn't it? Oh, listen, I think I think everybody across the central belt heard the roar <laughs> uh, when it went in the back night. Incredible technique for Tav as well. You know, yeah. gets the shape over the top of it, hits it into the ground, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, that reminiscent of fullback to fullback, it's, it's always it's always nice to see that. And again, I thought Barisic was 
pretty decent uh, in terms of getting down the line as well. But I just see what it meant to the players here, what it meant to the fans. We all know that anyway. And then again, I don't, don't think Aberdeen had anything. They were they'd rocked up, hoping they were going to get a scrappy first goal. Yeah, the fans would get toxic and nervous. The players would bottle it, and they they'd manage to run it out. What never happened because we never really let them into it. We stood up to them. We got our goal. They had nowhere to go. They had nowhere to go. Right, a team devoid of any particular plan other than fire it long and hope that Rangers switch off at the back. Well, we didn't switch off the day. And now we've won the Via Play Cup. Brilliant. I actually felt that there was there was moments of Aberdeen's play that I felt looked like they were almost playing for penalties. So even even if it, if it went to extra time, they would still have just continued to try and um to try and spin the game out. Um, I, I didn't think at any point that um I just didn't think at any point that it was going to get to the stage where they're going to look like they were going to try and win the game. I I, I was really I was quite surprised because they listen, we know we've we've, we've played them recently. They, they beat us at Ibrox. Um we, we drew with them up at, at, at their place and we do know that they are they're they're having a they tend to do have a bash at us, I think is as as widely expected. They didn't do that today, which I was really surprised at. So, do you know what I mean? I, I, I spoke to um BBC Scotland last week and I do you know what I mean? These finals are very much about going away really happy or going away really, really, really sad. And based on that, you would think both teams turn up to have a right good go. And I just don't think you saw Aberdeen go into it with the same appetite as what Philippe Clement's particularly second half side did. Well, I think they've got one style of play. That's, that's what I'm, I'm talking about. I, I agree with you. And Rangers stood up to that. Yeah. You know, Sterling and Lundstrom in the middle of the park in particular were an absolutely fantastic engine. Not only you know playing it forward, breaking up play, reading it. The defence were, as I said before, really cohesive. They didn't allow to get exposed down the channels. They kept it really tight centrally as well. And we didn't give them anything. You know, they had nothing to play back against. It was just a case of could Rangers take a chance, yeah, and then put the pressure on them. And it shows you with some of these smaller sides as well. If they get the first goal, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put the pressure on us and try to see if it gets a bit toxic and nervy and all that type of stuff. But if you get the first goal, by and large, you can generally start to manage the game. And I think there was large portions of it where Rangers were just managing them in certain parts of the field, just, just managing them actually really, really comfortable in portions as well as soon as they got that goal because they knew that all they had to do was keep the pressure on and Aberdeen wouldn't really get, get anything other than can we resolutely defend high balls into the box from 50, 60, 70 yards being punted in? That was it. I mean, the corners are always near. You never know what's going to happen. The stramash at the end and all that type of stuff where it's bobbling about. But by and large, Rangers deserve to win that final. There's no two ways about that. So that's the story. And Philippe Clement, the first time I'm asking, is when, all right, trophies, is it? There you go. Not a problem. <laughs> Do you know, it's interesting. You, I, I heard you refer to um, Graeme Shinney earlier on, who... I think we'd still be fouling just now and, mm-hmm. and waiting to get a yellow card to be perfect on it. And, and James, who's watching and listening indeed on our Facebook channel. Hi, James, how are you? Um, what's your thoughts on the shinny elbow? Could it have been a red? Um, listen, I have to say, first of all, I thought Todd Cantwell in the first half looked like a player who was miles away, to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't mm-hmm. think he had a great first half. Second half, I thought he was excellent. I thought he played really well in the second half. But... Um, I thought it was a shocking tackle by Graham Shinney, Tommy. I'm surprised they got away with it at that point. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's intent. You know, it's a it's an elbow, forearm, kind of smash to the back of the head. Uh, definitely, definitely intentional. And it could easily have been a red if you get a different view of it or the, you know, the, the ref spots or whatever. It didn't go to VAR or anything like that. Um, uh, he wasn't, you know, called up to go and view monitors or any that type of nonsense. But I definitely could have been a red. I, I think it was downplayed on the commentary. Uh, I was going to say bafflingly, but actually not that bafflingly, given who was in the commentary for prior play. But I definitely, I'm, I'm with, I'm with that. It could easily have been a, easily have been a red. He knows exactly what he's doing, Shinny. He's a, he's, he's a cute operator. He knows exactly, and that might have accounted for some of why Cantwell was out of sorts as well, because that's a pretty heavy blow in the back of the head. You're a wee bit disorientated for a while, and you need to catch up with your your kind of. Uh, with your brain at some point there if you've been clattered that hard. So, But yeah, I'm with you as well. Cantwell, like much like the rest of the team, was a lot better second half. I mean, let's say it's not one for the it's not one for the classic videos. Are videos yeah. still a thing? I don't know, right? I'm an old guy, right? Videos might not be a thing, right? But um, streaming sites, as far as I, as far as I know, right? Um, but we'll see it, and it's cliched, but you keep saying it. Momentum. Getting to finals, you can play all the attractive football. You get to the final, the only thing that matters is you come away with the silverware. And that's what happened to them. Simple as that. Fantastic week for the club. Fantastic week for the players and the management. Fantastic week for us. We deserve to have a red, white and blue Christmas. There you go. Yeah, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. One of the things, I, hi Robert, um, thanks for joining us. Don't worry about being late, mate. Tommy was late as well. Um, oh, it's probably what we found the cotton. Don't, don't tell, don't tell everybody what's happened here. I was celebrating. This is this is absolutely definitely tea. Do you know it's worth one thing? I I, I really want to bring up, and I, I do have some post match stuff that I'm going to refer to in a second. I thought the scenes at the end when the players had the sort of families on and they were getting pictures taken with the crowd, etc. Um, was was a really really good thing to see. I think it shows uh, togetherness that I'm not sure was there. 12 weeks or so ago, you know, I have to say, I don't think that, um, I don't think this team gets to the final under Michael Beale, to be perfectly honest with you, based on what we now know and what we've now read. Um, there's a bit of galvanising that the gaffer's done since since he came in, which is great to see, and we're clearly reaping the rewards of that right now. Um, but I just thought the scenes at full time, um, with the players lapping it up. I'm going to come to Butland and Cantwell, etc., for a second. But I really liked seeing Philippe Clement really lap it up in front of the in front of the support with the trophy. You know what I mean? He was quite clearly well versed that this is a trophy that meant a lot to the support. It was a trophy that we should have had back in our hands numerous times over the last sort of ten years or so. To see that. The footage today when it was sort of Walter Smith and, and Ali McCoy, the last custodians to take that trophy back to Ibrox, really sort of hit home as to it's been so long since you had the opportunity to to win this. And I, I think Clement managed that perfectly today. And he, he really he took it to the support and said, you know, we've got this, it's ours, it's back, and we'll do our damn best to hold on to it in the next couple of seasons. I listen. Absolutely, I, I love seeing the the families and the, the players and that kind of natural look and people just enjoying it. And I think there's something in the comments that might be RFC seventy uh, two quite rightly pointing out. Jimmy Bell's grandson was invited absolutely. in with the club and all that as well. It's an incredible, incredible way to keep that linkage to some of our history that that that's passed away as well. You know, so that's 
that's the tangible stories inside that, and that's where you want to see the players. You want to feel that you you get something in common with them. And absolutely, when Philippe Clement first came in, I remember his, his first interviews. Uh, I think it was on RTV, the one I'm referencing. He was talking about it's all about the mentality. Now that wasn't just you know being together and. It's also building that winning mentality, or vice versa, right? It's not just about winning, it's being together. And you heard Jack Buckland after the, the final whistle saying, the talent's always been there. The squad just didn't really believe, they were a bit lost. What he, what Clement's done is simplified things and went, this is how we're going to do things between now and you know January. I'll maybe be able to change some of the, the people and then we'll iterate. But first and foremost, guys, I don't want to be doing things in sound bites. What I want is simple, pragmatic football that wins us games. I build up a bank of games. I'm on an unbeaten run. Then I get some big set pieces inside that. We're top to group and qualified for the uh, Europa League last 16. Winning in in Betis, or in Seville, I should say. Winning against Betis, right? To take us through. Fantastic achievement, right? Against a really good Betis side. And then I get my first chance at a trophy as well. Boom. Stick that right in front of the supporters. So, yeah, there'll be rocky moments as well. Yeah. But what we can immediately see for Philip Clement is exactly what we thought we were buying and what we maybe thought we were getting at the start of the season under Michael Beale, which is a winner. The difference between Beale and Clement is quite evident now in the togetherness that he's built in the club in such a really short fashion. Yeah. But he is a proven winner. He's done it in Belgium. He's come here and he's went, just give me the first shot. And his other clubs are rocking and imploding maybe and all that type of stuff. Clement's just quietly going about his work. Everybody stay out, game to game, concentrate. We just keep winning. And we've had some things like the Hearts game, you know, really late. So, you, you know, win. So you can see the players are coming with them immediately. Yeah. That's a recipe for success right there. Aye. And it's just a case of him getting some more of his own players in as well. But he's starting to get the best out of out of what he's got. And that's always a great sign for a manager if he can get a better tune out of some of the draws that's been there. Quite frankly, they were yeah. performing like Ross. Aye, good things away. I want to read out um, a couple of quotes um, from, from post-match, and we'll, we'll start off with Philippe Clement because there's a couple of things in here that I definitely want to refer to. So I'm um, speaking to Rangers TV post-match. Um, it's great to have this feeling also, the greatest thing is to see the, the, the happy fans, the players and the staff, which, of course, we know about. Next, um, the next paragraph kind of made my eyebrows go up a little bit. We're only nine weeks in the building. It feels like Philippe Clement's been here such a long time. It does. Um, ah, you're, yeah, you're right. You're spot on there. It, doesn't, it does not feel like nine weeks. Yeah. I mean, we're only nine weeks in the building, but a lot of things have happened already in the short space of time. We've had two historical moments in one week, the win in Seville to top the group, and now that we become, we, we've won the cup, it becomes an exceptional time. And um, We do this to entertain and make people happy. It's great to have 30,000 fans here today. There are many more in the city. He then goes on um, to, I, I think, just keep the players on a bit of an even keel because he says they'll be welcome to enjoy it tonight. However, he, he brings them back down to earth to say they've got a big game on Wednesday at Ibrox against St Johnston, so they will have the opportunity to come back to a, a level playing field as soon as possible. Um, uh, and the I get a feeling that Philippe Lamont is the type of guy who's made it very clear to them that the, this is the work starting. 100%. Well done. Well, you've won a trophy. There's a couple of others there that I'd really like to have in my hands come May. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure nobody's under any illusions. In, well, I know that people aren't under any illusions inside the club about what Philippe Clement wants and where the standards have been immediately set. It shows you the importance of having a leader who's credible, who's 
able to get the message across really simply and who can bring people with them from day one. And that's exactly what he's done. Right. I'm definitely not going to try and click my fingers again because that didn't even make a really good sound, right? That's, I don't know if that's arthritis or something like that coming in, but there we go. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll edit that in post-production and we'll put a, put a big click <laughs> click over the top here, right? But no, no, a cork popping. Um, <laughs> tradable manager at the top. And you can see that the way, the way that everybody interacts with Philippe Coman. Yeah, right? I'm not going overboard. Like I said, there'll be ups and downs, right? That's just the nature of the game. But you see the way that he interacts. You see the way that the players interact with them. You see the way that the media interact with them. There's none of this wee schoolboy, you know, um, stupid questions or ruffling what would have been his hair, obviously. Uh, it's very much a, well, can we maybe ask you a question? Is that okay? And he is very, very succinct in his answers. And he knows exactly what he's doing. God loves a man with a plan, right, so to speak. So there we go. I should say person with a plan. But... I'll stick with man with a plan on this particular one. Listen, same person I want to speak to about is is, is Todd Cantwell, who again also spoke to Rangers TV, um, referring to how it means a lot to me to win my first trophy with Rangers. There's no secret in saying that this is the reason why I came here. Jack Butland and I have had conversations about it, and it's what we want to be remembered for when we leave. Big statement, because I think we have players there that have been there for a long time and haven't won a lot. Jack Butland and Todd Cantwell are just in the door, and they're already looking to win stuff, looking to create a legacy, looking to leave their name etched in the memory of Rangers supporters when eventually there is a time that comes when they depart back down south, you would imagine. Um, curiously enough, Jack Butland also said to Connie McLaughlin post-match that the last sort of week has been his best week in football. It, these guys are just becoming part of the Rangers tapestry all of a sudden. It's really good to see it. They're just embedding themselves in there and we're getting a lot from them just now. Proper players falling in love with a proper club. Uh, you know what I mean? Who, who would have thought it? And that's some of the things. I mean, I, it's delightful here, particularly with, with Butland, I have to say. But we should never forget the fact that it's a really big club. You know, players coming up who have maybe not had the best careers for whatever reason, they're you know, going to jumped about or it's not quite worked for them and stuff like that. I mean, I think that was Jack Butland's first ever cup final. Yeah. Today. So getting into a massive club. Looking at those stands and seeing the Rangers fans going absolutely mental, right? The sounds, knowing what it means to everybody, and then going, right, I've managed to win this. I've got a winner's medal around my neck, and it's just the beginning. Especially given in that dressing room where they were 10 weeks ago, right? When the Beal um, either had imploded completely, it was absolute negativity. I mean, Jack Butland was obviously getting, getting credit, but it was negativity around the club. All of that stuff. Clement and his team have swept right in and went right back to basics. It's not over. And I said this at the time that the club always believed that the season wasn't a write-off as they were bringing Clement in. And he's just slowly building his plan in there. And so if nothing else, that's what these players are now interacting with. I can't imagine there's any better place on earth to work right, than inside the club or being a player for the club when things are going well and you're winning stuff. I imagine it must be absolutely dreamland stuff, right? And as long as that continues, we can all be really happy campers. The fact of the matter is, even if it does get a bit rocky and we, we maybe don't achieve all of our goals for the rest of the season, I think everybody will sign up to the fact that Philippe Clement knows what he's doing and we back him into the transfer window uh, at the end of the season as well to see what he can really build for next season. 
Yeah, absolutely. Robert Carmichael um, raises a really good point. Never thought Griggs's brilliance could be replaced. But Butland is a top keeper. I, I, I think we're all on the stage now where he is, um, well, it's really early doors to say he's going to be a better goalkeeper um, than Alan McGregor for Rangers. He is, um, I, I said last week in the podcast, I think his end of season real this season, his debut season in the Scottish game, um, is going to be something else. I, I, I really, really like him. And I think we're seeing lots to be happy about. Um, from Jack Butland. Tommy, I want to speak about Dujon Sterling and John Lundstrom in a second because they are um, they are midfield duo just now. And I think, if I've been honest, they're our midfield duo because others are missing. Raskin, Lawrence, Jack, etc. Um, both are very good. We'll get to them in a second. Um, I think if we needed a goal today, it was probably written in the stars that it was going to be the captain that would pop up and, and get his 114th um, to give him the opportunity to, to lift the trophy. Um, at Hamden, it was quite apt that it was James Tavernier who, inevitably, you could argue, came to the rescue. Yeah, is it is it one fourteen or one fifteen? I think it's one four. I wrote down one fourteen, but I think I did see one fifteen earlier on. My researcher needs to get his toad. I was going to say that's uh, somebody in the uh, this is Ibrook's archive department is getting the getting the sack. I'm sure put somebody in the comments will tell us. Uh, they I'm are also one fourteen. Shout out to Hugo Bear uh, because I like the word Colossus and uh, I'll always draw attention to it whenever it's used. Um, so yeah, nice one, nice one, HB. Uh, in terms of yeah, we're very good in terms of well, we have been historically very good of sourcing really good goalkeepers. Uh, I think Robert Carmichael's saying one fifteen. Uh, to be honest with you, there, there you go. See, see, this is why I come on just to keep everything ticking over. Right? And I'm the I'm the Philippe Clement of this this operation, right? Is essentially what I'm saying. All right, so uh, look, out, look out for my Belgian accent uh, coming to you soon. Right, well, exactly. I, I don't think I'm going to try and do a Belgian accent. Just be told. I think it'd be more Poirot than <laughs> than, uh, than, than Clement at this point, right? But um, yeah, back to your back to your your point. Jack Butland's a fantastic goalkeeper, and the longer we can keep him, the better. But again, if players are coming here and they're winning titles and they're winning trophies and they're seeing what it's like to be at Rangers when it's when it's going really, really well, then why would you want to go anywhere else? And he is slowly but surely playing him, he should be playing himself into the radar of the England squad, uh, to be brutally honest. I think he is performing really well and he's got that European angle to it as well because we know sometimes England's national kind of selectors don't really look at Scotland domestically yeah. a lot of the time. So, yeah, listen, that's all going particularly, particularly well. Um, I should say, if anybody knows what happened to the Aberdeen bus, um, that celebratory bus that they had uh, for their, uh, their tour around Aberdeen City Centre, it would be good to, to, to find out. But aye, you need to keep players like Butland. And if you are winning titles and getting cracks at Champions League football, that's what keeps these players around about as well. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And Cubby takes us on to a mixed um, part of the pod, which is... is Entirely apt. Uh, James Tavernier, goal one one five of his of his Rangers career. We'll come back to it, Tommy, because I know what you've done, and I know you know what you've done. Um, <laughs> there was something. There was something, <laughs> there was something very obvious that if we needed someone to score, I'm just going to do the question again. If we needed someone to score, <laughs> I did totally want past the question. <laughs> it, was, it was almost always going to be James Tavernier today, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just went and spoke about Jack Butland. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm just talking about Butland, right? That's that's it. Um, 
So, right, thank you for politely reminding me that you'd asked me a question about James Tavenier. Uh, listen, everybody's had a go at James Tavenier. I've done it myself. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Yeah. But really, when you come down to the bare bones, I think Connor Goldson was saying people won't appreciate James Tavenier until James Tavenier is no longer with the club. Absolutely. Everybody comes into the cliche kind of market there. It's big moments, big players, all that type of stuff. Tight cup final, all that, you know, you're looking for somebody. There's a right back up in the box, as usual, and then the calmness to finish it. What more do you want? He's led that team out and won it. And I think I think we we might see more silverware in James Tavenier's hands this season. Not getting ahead of myself, but yeah, fantastic goal. I thought he played okay. To, to be honest, I don't think it was like a right home scenario for him generally. But you're looking for you're looking for your captain to do something. Your captain yeah. steps forward and goes right. There's your winner. Yeah. End of end of book. The goal he scored today, I didn't think, was hugely different from the one of my sort of most famous recent memories. Ibrox was the the goal that he scored against Dortmund. And when Bassey knocks it in and it bounces up right in front of him and he's the opportunity to take a half volley. Yeah. Um, I, I remember that. He said um, post-match today, the win was long overdue. We're building something special here with the squad we have. It's a start, hopefully, for a lot of success for the club. Um, we've got a, we have, sorry, start again. We have to go game by game now and have an important game Wednesday, so we'll enjoy it for now. But we will remain fully focused on that. Perhaps an indication of the Clermont effect in the background. So, do you know what I mean? By all means, go away and enjoy it, but be very aware that we expect you to be full tilt into it in the morning um, for a big game on Wednesday. Um, and we'll, we'll come to all the obvious reasons for that because um, one of the questions I will come back to you later on in the podcast, Tommy, is if we think there's a very slight momentum shift um, in, in the top league just now. I think there might be. I think there might be, but we'll, we'll come to it shortly. I did say I wanted to speak to you about Lundstrom and particularly Dujon Sterling, who got player of the match today. I thought he was outstanding, covered every blade of grass. I did perhaps unfairly get in his ribs a little bit last week because he's not a natural centre midfielder, but my goodness, um, when you see him playing there today, he was excellent and he was a great foil for Lundstrom, I felt as well. Done a lot of dirty work when Lundstrom sort of moved about. Lundstrom was excellent again today, by the way, for people who have um, been quick to get into his ribs recently. I don't know where they are now because he's been really, really good for the last couple of weeks, I would argue. Um, but Dujon Sterling, Tommy, it's, it's it's hard to really see any fault in his performance this afternoon. Yeah, I, I agree. And I probably, you know, I, I definitely support that um, John Lundstrom should get a contract extension. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I think Philippe Lamont was quite clear that those conversations are still ongoing and they're looking to, to get something over the line with them. In terms of Sterling, yeah, keep it neat, keep it tidy. Don't try and do anything that you're not, you know, qualified for. Work <laughs> like hell. Break it yeah. all up. And that's the thing that, you know, Aberdeen couldn't power into that midfield. They couldn't squeeze us back and then sit on top of our defenders, right? So Lindstrom was able to get a wee bit more freedom round about the top end of the pitch as well and move forward and support and Cantwell could do his thing as as well because Sterling was putting in such a shift, such yeah. a shift. And listen, if you've got that, boy's young. You know, Philippe Clement says, actually, I think I think I can mould you into a, a central midfielder or a, a worker in there, then fine. But it's, again, another element of, and this goes back to Philippe Clement with, the likes of Cantwell playing on the right, which was unnatural, and other players being asked to do different jobs. 
He's went, Dujon, I just need you to go in there and just do something for me. And if yeah. you do it in the way I want, I'm pretty certain you and your colleagues will have something in your neck that is not a runners-up medal. We'll call that yeah. the Aberdeen selection, I suppose. The Aberdeen medal. Um, <laughs> at this point, if you just do what I ask you. And again, all that breeds confidence, confidence, confidence. If the players are going, right, he's got a game plan. He's asking players to do stuff. It works. We're winning stuff. Right. Then you start to understand that the players are coming completely with you and you're quieting all the noise and all the problems that was in the dressing room prior to rocking up. Yeah, it's all it's all positive at the moment. It's all positive. And I say that quite clearly with my blue tinted, we've just won a trophy specs on. Right. And, and I'm not even apologizing for that at this point. Um Did you ask me a question about it, Tav? It, no, I, I don't no, not again, it was Butland. Um one thing I do want to go into, obviously, we, we're, listen, we, we've come off the back of a of a huge week. Um, and I think one of the things you, you, your go-to is almost Philippe Clement and what it means for him, do you know what I mean? New club, uh, big opportunities, chance to put yourself on the map. Um, what do you think the last week has done for the players that have been there under the previous incumbents, that manager's position? So you do, you, the obvious guys to look at uh, is your... your Tabernaires, your, your Golds and Lundstrom indeed, who have all been there under Beal and Van Bronckhurst and have been around into sort of big European nice Ibrox. Indeed, three guys I mentioned were of course involved in the, the trip to Seville. What they these guys have experienced this week, what do you think that'll do for their confidence moving into what will be a really important 10 days or so now? We all know what's coming and we know how it's going to be beefed up between now and the 30th of December. There's games to play coming between, of course, but you would like to think, based on what's happened Thursday and this afternoon, their confidence is at a level that we've maybe not seen for maybe 18 months or so, I would suggest. Definitely. And what I really like about it, and bear with me here, right, in terms of those players have been through certain certain things, good and bad. They're imparting some of that knowledge into the new players in the squad as well and helping support them, you know, the likes of Dessers and Lammers and stuff like that, saying, yeah, you will have a role to play, right? It's it's just about keeping keeping going. I think there'll be a lot of credit and a lot of confidence taken into that dressing room as well from the manner of how yeah. the week's played out. So you go away to Spain, really tough, European-level football. You go toe-to-toe with a team and you play really good stuff and you beat them in their backyard. Brilliant, last 16, top of group. Then you go to the cup final, it's different type of uh, energy and electricity. It's quite nervy as well. It's a scrappy as hell game in the rain with a physical team playing long shells into you all the time. And you grind it out and you come away with a win. To be able to win in both ways, there must be a lot of confidence flowing through that to say, uh, we're not just tippy-tappy when it's nice. We can win things. We can get down in the trench with the likes of Aberdeen as well and go shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, chin to chin, and come away with the silverware. So I really like the fact that we've been able to do both things across this week and come out as winners twice. Uh, that shows a level of practicality and strength within that team. And obviously, Tommy, the, the, the chairman was at the game today, as you expect, and, and the managing director um, was there as well. One of the things I think will become more noisy over the next wee while, particularly as a new sort of director of football, whatever title it is he has for when he starts in January. Um, there's going to be noise over the, the boss being backed. 
come the beginning of January for that sort of four week period that you get for what it's worth. Let's not forget in January you get nothing. Hee haw. You get very, very little. Certainly no bargains. Um the pressure will be on them to particularly if we go into the, the sort of beginning of January top of the league, which is possible, we we know, which we'll come to um, very shortly. What pressure do you think is now in John Bennett and James Bisgrove to to make sure that their pockets aren't too deep come the beginning of January for Philippe Clermont? No, I'd spot on. And I think there will be pressure. On, you know, we'll all be part of that. We want to see the manager backed. We know he's doing a good job. You're absolutely right, though, in terms of January's a, a nightmare yeah. to get deals over the line. Right, and there's a whole host of reasons for that, and you end up maybe paying over the odds of that type of thing as well. You need to be really careful about dropping people in if you're building momentum, right? I think Philippe Clement does want to make changes, but it might not naturally be in January. There might not be too much. I don't think that would that should naturally lead to um, criticism of the board, right? I think the big stepping point is is the summer. Yeah, they need to go in and see if they can do deals in January, but it's such a it's such an odd time and it's such a nightmare to try and get things over the line. So as Van Fogel says, yeah, you do get some good work. Your can't wills your raskins. I'm, I'm definitely not saying that there won't be anything. Yeah. I'm just saying as well that you might not get the whole transformation in terms of everything that we need and players out. And again, a lot of it comes down to players out. Does Philippe Clement get to that point and go, actually, I think I can get something out of Dessers and Lammers and that type of thing. I don't want them to go. Or does he say, no, I've dragged them to January get them out, get me something else in. But what does that look like? Does that look like a loan? Does it look like a buy? You have to integrate that player all over again. Whatever can happen. So, um, let's say they will have pressure and they should have pressure. They need to back a successful manager and Philippe Clement's already successful. January might not be the best uh, time to judge them on what they're doing. But I know the the club are already looking at, at players and there's conversations going on. I think I referenced on here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that they'd already spoken to Brighton about Abdallah Seaman signing up permanently. Uh, yeah. Whilst he's already in the team, it would be no bad thing if they could sign him permanently or at least announce that because then you say, oh, it's a really good confidence builder as well. But it depends what becomes available. Yeah, and Ofra Hill, I think, is absolutely right. One or two changes. I, th- I think he probably needs to to beef up up front, um, particularly when you I, I saw um, footage um, Danilo doing some work at the the training centre and it, it looks like he's out for a wee while, I think, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not seeing him back soon. Um, so I think a striker will be someone that, that he considers. Don't speak about Alfredo, I don't want to do it. Um, one thing that I, I can't let this pass because we've got a guy with an absolutely fantastic handle. <laughs> um, outstanding. I, listen, that's a, that's a new one on me, so I'm, I'm really chuffed to have um, half him joining us on a Sunday night, Tommy. I think you'll be... I'm trying really hard to come up with some sort of... Uh, well, I was going to go with a paella kind of gag or something like that, but uh, I think my Spanish pronunciation might be a bit rusty there, but uh, no, fair enough. Um, that is an interesting doctorate that he's uh, that he's got, so fair enough to him. <laughs> oh, and Chris Cherry joins us. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hope you're well, mate. Um, no doubt you're... Um, you're a happy bunny tonight. I'm certainly sure you are. Uh, I should say, oh goodness me! Craig, Chris. Oh, they're all all the guys are here. That guy's a sort. Jeez, old Craig. That's back back to Texas. Ten gallon on and disappear. Um, listen, what I want to do, I, I'm, I'm aware of time, and, and I'm I'm certainly a little bit hoarse tonight, as you can probably tell. Um, Tommy, I want to speak to you about the how you feel about the momentum shift that you think we're on the verge of seeing. 
um, at uh, the top table-ish. Yeah. I mean, let me take another swig of my absolutely this is tea. Yeah. At the moment, it is actually. I'm not boring. It is tea. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, there is. Who would have thought that Philippe Clement had a background in shark training uh, <laughs> as well? So, you know, he's in there. He's a man of many, many, many talents. And listen, nothing's settled. There's a long way to go. Celtic are a good side and they've been over the course, right? So we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves, right? It's legitimate to say that. But everything that's been asked of this team since Clement came in, they're essentially doing, right? Correct. We've already put the first trophy of the season in our cabinet. They've become a bit rocky and started hemorrhaging points. We, out with the Aberdeen game, have actually been able to capitalise. It now, you know, if everything goes our way, we go to Parkhead on the 30th, top of the table, I believe. Yeah. Right? We've taken the destiny back into our own hands. Right? It's, it's really that simple. So, yeah, the momentum has swung. They, they're in a negative place right now with, you know, fans fighting each other uh, in the stands, pointing to the lack of investment, saying that Rogers is right or wrong, is he the right person for the, the club? And I don't want to speak too much about them. Much like Philippe Clermont, I think it's concentrate on what you can concentrate on. Yeah. They're important come the 30th because that's who we play. After that, they're an afterthought and that's pretty much all they should ever be. Yeah. But right now, we're the ones that are coming up fast. And they they are looking they are looking tired, and it's about trying to capitalise on, on that and keep the pressure on. Which means, as Philippe Clement absolutely correctly said, party the night, back to work tomorrow, win the games, put the points on the board. European football's packed away to next year, so you can forget about that. Buy play cups packed away because we've won that. That's ours now. Now it's about concentrating on what's in front of you. Get to Christmas unbeaten. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's very um. It's bizarre to think that, and I go back to almost, I almost go back to the stage where Clement is so fresh in the door. I mean, as I say, 10 weeks ago, Philippe Clement was not the Rangers manager. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, it's a it's a huge um, step up from, from what we're used to. But, you know, 10 weeks ago, we were looking at guys like um, Alex Ray, with all due respect to Alex Ray, and, and Steve, Stephen Davis looking after the team. Now we've got Clement, and nine weeks later, First trophy of the season is, is coming back to our place. And um, we're closing the gap at the top of the table. And we do have the opportunity to finish the calendar year top of the league, which is really, really exciting. And if someone had said to me 12 weeks ago that it would have been a thing, I would have probably been asking that they got drug tested because I just, I, I never saw it as, as something we could have done back back at that point. Um, Tommy, it's been good having you on, buddy. It's a it's a Sunday night to to remember. Hopefully for a for a long time until the next Sunday when we hopefully win a trophy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Well done. Cheers. Um, this week from this Zach Rocks Towers, lots going on. Of course, we will be in the gantry on Wednesday night. Ross and Craig are looking after things for the St Johnston match, and Craig is back to host. Ian Mitchell and John Walker, king of the analysis thread. Um, mm. If you do like your analysis threads and you like your data and all that sort of stuff, um, I do recommend that you, you check out John's stuff, which we put out usually the morning before a game, but certainly the morning of a game. You will enjoy what he's doing for us. And if you've checked out already, I indeed don't need to tell you. I will be back. I'm actually not now back until the new year. Um, so I, I, it's too early to wish you all a Merry Christmas, but I'm sure you will enjoy yourself. When no, it comes no, to- no, it's definitely the right time to wish everybody a, a, a Merry Christmas, <laughs> a Happy Hidmany, and a 
very special by a play. <laughs> there you go. That's, that, that was your festive season. Oh, goodness me. So don't forget to, if, if you are following us on social media, you know where we are. Jump on to all the things that we're doing. Like and subscribe if you're following us on YouTube, by all means, and put the, the notification bell on so each time we do release content, you will get a little notification. And you can join us um, and indeed join the guys on Wednesday and Thursday this week. We're back from 8.30 for the usual weekly programming. Thanks for watching. Bye for now. Good night. Podcast Network.